0: what I've got for you today. I could actually end the podcast right there. Flower is the greatest. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacovich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. The Vegas Golden Knights are going to be in the Stanley Cup final again which is nuts for a fourth year franchise to be there twice and they'll be riding Marc-Andre Fleury's shoulders again and he could be in line for his fourth ring a champion again and nothing Nothing could make me happier in hockey than to see him succeed. And I'm not here to revisit, you know, keeping Matt Murray over Flurry, which absolutely everybody everywhere would have done. Murray was 22 years old, coming off back-to-back championships. Way, way, way smaller cap it. They couldn't possibly keep both because of the expansion draft. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not here for that. I'm here to just tell you that Flower is great. If you're a fan of his, you've been a fan of his uh, from afar, or even if you've had some interaction with him or everything, I just want to be here to affirm to you that what you think about him is real. He's that authentic and then some. But he's also rabidly competitive, and I got to tell you, when I watched him in Game 1 against the Canadiens, which despite the lopsided score, Flower actually had to be pretty good on several occasions, uh, notably down the stretch, and was just stupendous. It was all those things that... Uh, you loved the most about him when he was here, whenever he was just uh, bringing the crowd to its feet with ridiculous acrobatic saves. That That's what he was doing that night against Montreal. And I I was reminded of a story that I'm going to share with you today. But first, this portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by FUBO TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including at and Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Right now, our listeners of this show get a seven-day free trial and 15% off the first month by visiting fubotv.com/dk. I'm going to give you the web address again. It's fubotv.com/dk. The year that Flower was drafted going ways back here, obviously, I was assigned by the Post-Gazette, my newspaper employer at the time, to travel north, way north, up in Quebec, about two hours north of Montreal to meet with Flowers' family, his friends, get to see some of the places he grew up in The stuff that Tom Reed does now for us at DK Pittsburgh Sports, and he's exceptional at it. Think of if you're a subscriber to our site, and I really hope that you are, the piece that Tom did recently on Najee Harris after he was drafted by the Steelers and he just flew out to California for us and just dug through everything. Well, I I did that with Flower. A very different story. But I, I got to see very, very early, even before he arrived in Pittsburgh. A lot of what people loved about him. And I also got to see that competitive side. There was a a young man named Benjamin Cornway who was Flowers' friend, one of his better friends, and a defenseman on his team, also happened to live in this town where flowers from called Sorel Tracy. And I was getting a little frustrated with my interviewing process because all I heard from everybody is, oh, he's the best. He's the greatest. Oh, Pittsburgh, this is going to be our gift to you. You're going to love him so much. Uh, Treat him well. You know, be nice to him and all this other stuff. And I wasn't getting anything. Not negative, like I'm not I'm not digging for dirt or anything, but I wanted something that that told me how this super nice guy was gonna come to Pittsburgh and and be something because the truth is in professional sports, in athletics of the highest level all over the world, you gotta have that kind of edge to you. What is that? What is that with him? Because he seems way too nice, you know? And it was Cornya who told the story of how at one point when they were in youth hockey. And bear in mind that in Quebec, youth hockey is not like a participation sport. You got to be really, really good. That Flower lost his job. He'd been used to being the starter his whole life. And he got he got pulled. He got benched. And to all the rest of the team, he made it look like he was Mr. Happy Guy. He put on the happy face, and he was supporting everyone and uh, supporting the goaltender who replaced him. And the whole game went by, and as Benjamin's telling me the story, he says, we're all thinking, like, we know Flower. He's not going to handle this well. What's he doing? What's he doing over there? And Flower's just cheering everyone on game ends team wins flowers one of the first guys on the ice to congratulate everybody and they're all around the goalie and they're celebrating and high-fiving and everything else and they go back into the locker room and benjamin and his teammates are you know getting changed and so forth and hey where's flower anybody seen flower Hmm, he's not around Okay, Benjamin leaves the locker room, goes back out to the ice, and he hears an uncomfortable noise coming from the bench area, and he gets a little closer, and he looks into that area, and he sees Flower bent over, vomiting. Because that's how upset he was. And that's how much he wanted to hide it from everyone else. Because he wanted to be that great teammate. And at the same time, he couldn't stand the idea that someone else took his net. Now, go ahead and take this story and attach it to uh, Ottawa in 2017. Or even the stuff that's happened to Flower in Vegas with him and Robin Leonard and the big mythical sword in his back as drawn by his agent, Alan Walsh, when Peter DeBoer took him out uh, in favor of Leonard and all that other stuff. And you have probably a clearer understanding of who he is, what he is, and what motivates him. He sees the net as his he sees the responsibility for carrying his team to victory as his and that's such a big 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 part of what's defined his excellence and what will ultimately define his hall of fame career when we come back just one question Back, it's time for just one question that's brought to you always by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania and for a limited time. You know how I always talk about one dollar equals five full meals? Well, one dollar now equals ten full meals. Thanks to a matching donor in the mix. Go to Pittsburghfoodbank.org to do your part. One more time, it's pittsburghfoodbank.org. question comes from RB who asks, why does Sid never get a sniff at the Selkie? And I'm glad someone brings this up. I feel like I have a ready-made answer here that doesn't fit with a lot of the explanations that are usually given about Selkie Trophy finalists In general, if you don't know what the Selkie is, it's for the NHL's best defensive forward. I never want to presume that everybody knows everything. Because I sure don't. (laughs) Why does Sid never get a sniff? The principal reason is, in fact, the one that's most commonly cited, which is that the Selkie is kind of a reputation award. No one's digging real deep into the analytics when they vote for this thing i shouldn't say no one but mostly no one because if you see that the finalists almost always are based on plus minus which is one of the least telling stats in hockey then you know that they're not digging too much into the advanced stuff if they're digging into it at all and that is usually how this goes, which is how Patrice Bergeron, who's legit great. Okay, I'm, the last thing I want to do is knock Bergeron, but that's how Bergeron is up there, even in a down year, whether it's for him or for the Bruins. It becomes a reputation award. It's it's a, who is the guy that gets the most disgust? That's part of it. The plus minus slash reputation and the nature of the voting, which, by the way, is conducted by the Professional Hockey Writers Association and is not exactly and shouldn't be a point of pride. But the other part is this. Sid doesn't kill penalties. And if if this dialogue regarding Sid being one of the best defensive players in hockey is ever going to advance past its current stage, he's going to have to be out there I don't want him to be. Like, I'd rather see, from the Penguin standpoint, the team succeed than Crosby work his way into the voting for a trophy that not all that many people even pay attention to. What matters more if Sid averages 18 minutes a game, as he's done through... Most of his career, but almost exclusively in his time with Mike Sullivan as head coach, I I don't want him playing four-on-five, you know? I mean, yeah, you can get odd man breaks that aren't available to you at five-on-five. And we've seen some of that whenever he and Jake Gensel have been out there together. And you can also get matchups that are really favorable, especially against teams like the Penguins who have a forward manning one of the points. But there's another factor in this, and that's that the Mike Sullivan penalty-killing system has you blocking shots. And it's semi-aggressive. It's not super-aggressive. But for the most part, you stay in that vertical rectangle. You stay in that box. And your main task when you're in that box is to keep the puck out of that area. And depending on the opponent that you're facing, the opponent's just going to say, hey, we're just giving it back there to Shea Weber and letting him blast it at 110 miles an hour. And whoever's in the way, oh well. And I—that's to have Sid be part of the regular PK rotation, uh, No. I think it's kind of cool when they do it with him and Jay coming on late. You know, when there's like 20 seconds left in the kill and maybe you've got a favorable spot for a face-off or even changing on the fly. But I, I don't want Sid to be part of the PK. I don't. Uh, he's going to need his energy as he gets older, and I say that respectfully. Uh to continue playing the type of game that he plays, which is a demanding style, that grinding style in the offensive zone. I don't don't need to see him wiggling his stick in a PK formation. So I I don't think you're going to see, unless there were to be some massive sudden groundswell and Sid were to have some big highlights or whatever, but I don't think you're going to see Sidney Crosby winning a Selkie Trophy in his career. To repeat this i say that respectfully i appreciate the question i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of penguins we'll another one of these. Tomorrow.